such a great track, that one, Zakes Bantwini. And that's the choice of our guest, presenter Juanita Hunter, award-winning journalist, political editor, and co-author of the book Eight Days in July, Inside the Zuma Unrest That Set South Africa Alight. She's also a, a Vodacom journalist, award winner, and she won the Nat Nakasa Journalism Award in 2019. One of her co-authors is uh, none other than Jeff Wicks, and he won the prestigious Tucker Coper Award for Investigative Journalism in 2021. He's also worked for Sunday Times, The Witness, and Sunday Tribune. And we do have Jeff on the phone. So, Gwenita, Jeff, thank you so much for joining us together. No problem, Michelle. Thank you for having me, and thank you for letting me join my illustrious colleague. <laughs> <laughs> illustrious colleague that she is indeed you know i've got the book in front of me and when i read books for interviews i always put those little colored sticker things in it and this one is filled with colored stickers but i'm going to start with one line that that well of many lines that caught my eye and it was uh, when you looked at day eight and and specifically it was in in the chapter around the phoenix massacre but it was around the idea of the proliferation of fake news doctored images and incorrect information that made it very difficult to separate fact from fiction. Quinita, I know that you uh, wrote your uh, honours degree in the idea of fake news, but certainly the fear of what this can do and how it can shift a story and create huge conflict lines in terms of how we look at one another and address issues of race, etc. I mean, you guys must have noticed that all the way through the working of this book, which you wrote in one month. Jeff, perhaps you could talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think fake news um, was a central theme of, of the unrest, especially when we examine it in hindsight. And, you know, if, if I cast my mind back to the time, or back to those two weeks um, when anxiety was so heightened, um, fake news was a significant driver of that. And I think you make an important point, especially when looking at what happened in Phoenix and a terrible loss of life um, and the the specter of racism raised um, so prominently there. Fake news was an incredible driver of that. I mean, we went and we spoke to um, residents of Phoenix and of the townships that surround it. And, and, and we know that from the early days of the unrest, uh, messages were circulating on, on WhatsApp, not only threatening violence at different race groups, but trying to whip people up into a frenzy. And um, I, I think if we, if we look at the unrest as a coordinated project, as an intentional bid to destabilize the nation and set people at odds with one another, um, the plans worked brilliantly in Phoenix. Quinita, given uh, your own uh, history with this and your own studying, this must raise concern for you as we move forward. Absolutely. I think that we we, we come, you know, um, social media and fake news has, let's not use the word fake news, disinformation and misinformation has, has, proliferated, you know, politics in so many ways. It, you know, we, we talk about it affecting, um, uh, you know, outcomes of elections. Um, and, and there have been, you know, studies elsewhere about how it gives rise to conflict. And South Africa now is the latest example of that. We obviously went through it as a country and we saw the devastating effects of this when, it, when we went through the whole Balpottinger thing in relation to the to, um, state capture and the Guptas. But what we saw last year was, was literally how 
division's attention was was uh, was weaponized and 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 and, and in, in social media itself was weaponized uh, to to create and uh, conflict and 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 to put societies against each other and to and to um, you know exploit the false lines in society and and and, and this information misinformation is probably the best way to do that um, by creating boogeymen if you like by creating mm. by putting societies against each other it leaves a little bit of a pit in my stomach because. Um, uh, how vulnerable we are as South Africa, that if this happened last year, it's, it's, it's very likely that it can happen again. Um, and, 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 and we are now part of, of, of you know, the, the, the global precedent of how social media and how disinformation, misinformation on social media and the Internet can actually lead to the loss of lives. And in South Africa, more than 360 people died. You know, you you talk about it leaving a pit in your stomach, and certainly, uh, I was left with a pit in my stomach as I came to the last um, lines of the book, where you say that the unrest may have been stemmed, but the possibility of another bloody power grab is alive and well. And I thought about hindsight as a journalist. Um, you have experienced this thing. You've written this book, and I, I watched an interview with you, Jeff, and you, Juanita, and also Kavil. And you were talking about the seeds of change. And I was wondering, as we move into 2022, how do we keep ourselves ahead of the game, almost predict the narrative, given what we know and given where we're going? Uh, is there a way to, 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 to think about that and to address that as a journalist? Jeff, perhaps you could give some insight into that. Yes, I think so. Um, I think there's, there, there's a range of lessons learned from that period last year, but I think the most important one is, is one that has to be taken on board by the intelligence cluster. And I mean, you know, there's, there's, a, there has been a lot of talk and there remains a lot of talk about the failures of the intelligence structures in, um, in understanding the growth of, um, the unrest and its movement across the two provinces. But I think when we really look at the, the, the process of information collection and intelligence gathering, um, the first step in doing that is having an accurate gauge of the temperature on the ground at any given moment. And I, I think that was a major shortfall. I think there was major discontentment around um, Jacob Zuma's brush with the courts. Um, I don't think there's any moving away from the fact that his um, imprisonment was the catalyst for this unrest. Um, and, you know, what we know from the documents that we were able to obtain in writing this book is that there was some level of awareness from the security apparatus, but it wasn't given the appropriate impetus. And if it had been, we might have stemmed what happened in those eight days. But the reality was that things reached boiling point very quickly and law enforcement in its entirety was caught off guard. And it's threatened to, throw the, uh, to plunge the entire country in, 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 into crisis. Um, otherwise, um, I think from a journalistic perspective, um, it's, it, it showed us that we always need to be on our guard and we always need to be ready. I know from my own experience of, of covering the lead up to the unrest and the unrest itself is that we were very much aware that um, the nation was on tenterhooks. However, um, what ended up, or the, the evolution, as we saw, um, I could never have predicted. And I know that going forward, I'm 
very much more alive to these things. Are you, when you say you're very much more alive, I mean, we could look at the climate crisis metaphor. South Africa is like a forest. I mean, during the drought, the smallest spark and we have explosive events. So as a journalist, are you looking forward? Uh, does that make sense? I don't know if I'm even... <laughs> are you looking forward? Yeah, so, absolutely. So, okay, can, I, can I just wait, Jim? Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, I think that... that um, in in looking forward, I I have come up with with a hypothesis that that probably um, you know maybe some people may not agree with, but 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 is that we have to look at the future of South Africa beyond entrusting the politicians with finding a solution, and I think that 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 um, you know the, the the lesson of July and 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 the, and the fact that we were able to stemmy the the the, the, the the devastation um, uh, was was simply South Africans kind of asserting that no more. Uh, it was not uh, the state. It was not the custodians of of of, um, of our democracy that 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 stopped it. It was citizens that you know sort of came to the defense of of the democracy. And I think that that if anything, there is an appetite, or there should be an appetite, to really look at us giving the keys. To our future, to the same people mm. who would not hesitate to to squander that future. It's interesting that you say that because there was um, uh, uh, one of the quotes from the book, which I mean, I put a big pink mark next to it, <laughs> that the instigators of the unrest underestimated the commitment of South Africans of all races to make this country prosper. And um, you know, for all the the bleakness of the book, that did stick out for me. Before we go to your next guest, uh, Jeff, I'd just like to ask you, um, in the book, you, you talk about the, um, the and, uh, in the chapter on, on fears for Concord justices, and we're obviously seeing that again now this year, but you talk about an incredibly powerful image that uh, the BBC cameraman took, Tutuga Zondi took of the child being thrown out and 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 cradled and captured by young by people at at the bottom to, in, in safety. The child was thrown um, off the second floor or something of a building, and then she was she was captured. No, not the second floor, sixteenth floor. If I can't quite figure it out. But um, and then there's another image that that I recall very clearly was of the police stopping a very young boy of the age of eight or something, who had taken a little pair of underpants and a pair of sneakers and a T-shirt of his own age, which left me in tears. And I think that what is absolutely critical for all South Africans is to remember who this impacted and how it impacted on a diversity of levels. We do have to go to a break, but when I come back, Jeff, perhaps you could just close off on that comment. 